Next on the College Rugby Wrap-Up is the gap in CRAA D1A narrowing. What big things are happening on the women's landscape? Is Colby Marshall the biggest homer in college rugby coverage? How did college stars fare this week in Major League Rugby? Zach Lanning, Colby Marshall, Josh Rescio, and Matt McCarthy answer those questions and more. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's College Rugby Wrap-Up. Thank you for joining us. Matt McCarthy in New York City, Colby Marshall, all kitted up to go play out in New Jersey, and our maniac, Zach Lanning, up in Maine. Guys, let's skip the pleasantries because we got a full slate and we want to get it uh, right soup to nuts. So, Zach, you caught up with Josh, who was too cool to be with us in the studio today. So let's go to that first. All right, we are here with you, Josh Recio, the international man of mystery. I'm glad that we could finally catch up with you, get your segment taped here for the show. Always love hearing from you about the action on the men's side of the CRAA. What do you got for us this week, Josh? Yeah, I know. I wish I, uh, I wish I could be back with the whole group of you guys, but uh, hopefully next week I'll be back again. But still, I mean, we are really getting into some exciting rugby and. Uh, doesn't matter if it's close, but the matchups that we're having are kind of the ones that you, you know, you definitely going to see on the headlines. So let's go ahead and start out in the mid South Lindenwood after, you know, that great win over life, uh, um, a game that really kind of sets the pace for them to maintain that top five ranking, uh, was able to take on Arkansas state 25 to nothing. Um, very clean game, very, you know, great defensive game for Lindenwood. Um, every time Arkansas State had an opportunity to kind of like maybe start to get his try or start to gain some momentum, Lindenwood really kind of like starved them of those opportunities. So that's a really quality win to come off of a tough win over life. So, you know, <laughs> kudos to Lindenwood. It's going to be really exciting to see them continue playing. And as we get into the playoffs, you know, when they start to play some of these West Coast teams uh, that we also have going on right now. So we haven't talked about Arkansas State yet on the show, Josh. Where do you think they fit in to the hierarchy uh, in the, those college rugby programs out on the West Coast? You know, you know, from my knowledge, right, Arkansas State, from a recruiting perspective, has, has definitely brought in a lot of great people um, to, you know, kind of solidify a strong roster that can take on these teams like Lindenwood, take on these teams like Life. The problem that you're seeing right now, I think, is that, you know, they, you can't, these big games, right, you can't, you can't have a 25 nothing game um against Lindenwood if you're going to be competitive um especially when you start to look at other teams out west who just put up points so quickly um and can get games out of hand I think they are definitely a team a Cinderella team that you look at maybe in the playoffs can pull off the upsets um depending on their matchup but uh I think right now there's still a little bit of work to do and there's some other teams that are coming out of the gate just so hot that um, you know, it's it's been hard for Arkansas State to really gain that momentum they need to be successful. So a couple other games on the schedule this past weekend as well. A couple other shutouts and near shutouts. Josh, what else you got for us? Yeah, you know, man, you, you cover Cal. Anytime there's a Cal game, you know, you you really hope that oh man, we're going to see some competitive rugby. We're going to have it all like that. Cal basically was playing Madden on rookie mode this weekend and went down to the state of Arizona. They uh, played Arizona, beat them 94 to 10, um, and then also beat Grand Canyon 84 to nothing. Um, 
you know, those are, those are two quality teams and to put up that kind of score after Cal hasn't been able to play a lot of games is, is impressive. Um, one person I want to highlight, you know, Max Schumacher, 63 points in a weekend. I mean, you know, he's, he's out here making conversions and tries against Grand Canyon. He had four tries. Like he's this, <laughs> this man is definitely, you can't not call him a player of the year candidate, maybe even a player of the year favorite at this point. I mean, he's putting up more points than some teams. Um, Cal, Cal, again, at this point is, is really dominating early on in the games and they're getting them out of hand um, pretty quickly. And I think after a break, it's, it's really impressive to see them take a trip like that and just have two really dominating performances. So fantastic work by them. This feels like a mad question, but any relation between that Schumacher and the Formula One driver Schumacher? Well, I mean, if uh, if you convert the the rate in which he's scoring points to the rate that a, a Formula One driver would be going, there's got to be a correlation there. But I don't think so. Classic Matt question there. He, he told me to say it. I had to do it. So, yes, yes, um, yes. But speaking of number ones, Formula One, we also had the number one team in action this weekend, Josh, with St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's and UCLA. UCLA, look, we... I may have been on the UCLA bandwagon early and, you know, maybe it's going to pay off eventually. I'm playing the long game with UCLA. Harry Bennett is is doing a lot over there and they should have won this game. Um, I know you watched exactly. I, I think you agree with me. UCLA should have won this game. Um, being up 31 to 12 at a point, they they were just doing an amazing job of capitalizing on the mistakes that St. Mary's was was making. St. Mary's was not coming out of the gate strong. They kind of looked a little bit, you know, off their normal game, off their normal rhythm. And UCLA was capitalizing on it. But like the Arizona game that we got to see a couple of weeks ago, you know, second half, you know, they were they were they were up. They had the momentum and they just kind of lost it. Um, St. Mary's has some amazing playmakers. You know, Jonathan Hackett was was just not going to let his team lose. You know, all you had to do is have the forwards go fall follow Hackett and just know that he's going to get him the ball. And then if you get it back to him, you're going to end up scoring these 60 meter tries. He had a really great pick. Uh, he picked off UCLA pass and took that one 50 meters. Um, that's St. Mary's way. Like it's, it's amazing to me that a team that, you know, is coming off a really, really tough win over BYU. Now getting into the situation where you're down against a good UCLA team, they came out of the gate and they just played their game. Um, it's, it's fascinating rugby to watch from St. Mary's, they, they work as a, as a cohesive group so well. Um, it's still, still really sad that UCLA wasn't able to pull this one off, but I, I think it's, it says a lot because now we're starting to see these uh, cross matchups and it's, it's kind of helping us really understand the playing field. Yeah. I, I think this a definite trap game for St. Mary's, as you mentioned, coming off a game against a very physical BYU side, uh, probably maybe took UCLA a little bit lightly uh, coming out, but all kudos to them for definitely responding in that second half and just putting their foot on the gas pedal and not looking back. Um, so that's what a number team, you know, number one team in the country does. But as you said, this matchup, these two matchups specifically really offered us a glimpse um, at those top teams because you could kind of compare Arizona and UCLA played a very close matchup earlier this season. They're very, two very similar teams in terms of skill level. Um, and you saw one get their doors absolutely blown off by Cal in Arizona and then you have UCLA keeping it close, you know, having a huge lead against St. Mary's in this one. What do you think this says about the top program, St. Mary's and Cal, um, or the two teams, you know, that are kind of fighting for those spots, UCLA and Arizona? What's the what's the number one storyline, you think, coming out of those two matchups? I think, for one, you know, we have to give credit to UCLA. They're getting better. 
Um, yeah, you know, they've had these two tough second half collapses, but they're becoming, they're becoming a better team. And you look back at that preseason tournament where they played Cal um, and it wasn't the result they wanted. Um, it still wasn't a 60 you know, plus point loss. They played Cal close and you're looking at Cal right now who is able to come into games and within the first 20 minutes is, you know, basically ready to pack their bags and, you know, put in the reserves. UCLA has got an opportunity here. They got a couple things they got to put together. Harry Bennett is, is, is doing an amazing job, I think for his first year there. Um, and I still think that matchup is, is going to be a good one. Um, I think it's going to be a game to watch, but the thing with Cal right now that we got to talk about is that, I mean, they are just playing light years above the competition and the team that's going to finally beat Cal is going to be the team that is able to just really focus on that defensive front and just try and keep the ball out of their hands. Um, I really like this BYU matchup that we have coming up this week. I think BYU really kind of prides themselves on being a really great defensive team. Again, you know, they did not let teams score on them throughout their season. That's going to be the key to beating Cal. I mean, obviously, yes, you want to score more than the other team, but it's it's about having physical defense throughout the entire game and never giving them that 20-minute stretch where they're basically just running all over you. So if Cal does blow the doors off of BYU this weekend in a definite circle on your calendars matchup for everybody to watch, does that make Cal the unquestioned number one team in your eyes? I think you have to. I mean, to take the time, you know, it sucks that they had their games canceled, some really good games, but, you know, someone's got to be able to stop them. And until then you're going to have to put them in that number one spot. Um, kudos to St. Mary's, but Cal right now is, is on another level. And if you compare it to some of the fall teams that we had, it doesn't compare right now. Cal needs to be the number one team in the country. All right. Well, if you're not watching Cal BYU this weekend, I don't know what you're doing out there. Uh, take it from us here at Rook College Rugby Wrap Up. Josh Restio, thanks so much for joining us. We'll hope to get you back in studio next week. Yes, hope to be there. Looking for your next vehicle? With Shee's Easy Search, choose from over 3,000 new and used vehicles. Shop, trade, or buy online or in-store. We make it easy with our award-winning service. It's easy at Shee.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. All right, we're back, and that was cool. Uh, as we see, are seeing, maybe that gap is narrowing a little bit because St. Mary's had that tussle with UCLA after having a tough match against BYU, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I think uh, St. Mary, you may see a change in the rankings, although we mentioned, Josh mentioned last week too, we had talked about how you know St. Mary's had been playing these tough games, whereas Cal had kind of been coasting through their early schedule, uh, starting to see a bit of a shift in that. But, you know, this may end up benefiting St. Mary's in the long run, you know, playing these tough matches against some pretty solid uh, opponents. Yeah, and it's exciting to see the, this kind of competition starting to unfold. Harry Bennett out in UCLA, they they were they looked like they were going to go with the big upset, but, but St. Mary's in the end had too much. Colby, uh, let's transition – because you're all geared up in your Iona College Gales outfit, because that was the other Gales we were just talking about, the real Gales. Uh, but you got you got some stuff about MLR and college guys, and specifically, let me guess, Iona guys in the MLR. Yeah, I have to, Matt, and I am wearing the scrum cap uh, because seemingly, you know, while Iona players do contribute to winning, we are also seemingly prone to danger. 
uh, as we've seen what happened to Connor Buckley and John Powers in recent weeks. Glad that they're okay. Glad that all is well. Uh, they seem to be on track to returning. Uh, we should see him next weekend. So I'm glad that they're okay, but I'm taking this precaution. I went to Iona. It seems like something is out to get the girls. It seems like something is out to get us. Nonetheless, Rugby New York had a big, big win over Rugby ATL, 34 to 31, in what was a rematch of the Eastern Conference semifinal of last year's MLR playoffs. And, you know, Rugby New York were led by the likes of Dylan Fawcett, Sam Windsor, Ed Fido, who all had good games. And Connor Buckley had maybe the play of the game with the between the legs backwards pass. And when I asked him about that, he said, yeah, he said, it Ed's out there somewhere. I got to get it to him. So that was his mentality with that. Kobe, is that a little homage to Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyreek Hill from Connor there? I think that is. I think that is. It was a foul mouth homage, but will nonetheless, an homage is still an homage. Or is it homage? Homage. 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 Part of the French, ladies and gentlemen, as they say, pardonnez-moi. Mon Francais was what Mr. Buckley should have followed that with. But uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, 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 that made me want to vomit in the booth as doing the play by play watching that, that pass. That was, I thought, ill advised and crazy considering the tightness of the match. But we saw that across the league. What else you got for us in terms of your boys from Iona? Yeah, we got to see John Powers make his MLR debut coming on and around the 70th minute. Uh, for Rugby New York, uh, and obviously he didn't have too long of a time on the pitch. He left with that knock to the head that he suffered. But, you know, he did show and make a great tackle uh, on that play that he got injured. Um, that's what we expect from John Powers. He's one of the toughest kids out there. He's going to tackle. He's going to make plays on the defensive end. So um, I'm glad to know that he's OK and I can't wait to see him out there again. Yeah, we were we were very concerned up in the booth because they put him on the stretcher. And then I thought I was seeing things when I see him. Is still in his scrum cap on the sidelines, you know, like 10 minutes later. And then he's in the, the huddle high five and everybody after the game, like nothing. He is one sure. tough hombre, as they say. I'm sure that's not what they wanted him to be doing at that point in time, but. Well, you John know, Powell, you know, John Powers for you. you, you saw, and you saw another college star, Lepetti up in Seattle's win over San Diego going head to head against Ma'ananu, just one of the greatest players ever. And this is a kid that was the number three pick in the MLR draft, a steal for Seattle. And he was out of St. Mary's with Tim O'Brien's program, hardly had much of a COVID season, got drafted, and then was straight into Eagles camp to face the All Blacks against in D.C. And here he is thriving in Seattle. Great try. He got knocked out and then was able to be interviewed as player of the match after the game. So tough kids and very exciting to see these players getting some time and some 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 reps, if you will, with the MLR. But you also got uh, some seven stuff going on. Yeah. Speaking of young kids, the PR sevens held their open trials over this past weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina. And. Of the players that were featured, Mike Morrow from Iona College is somebody that was just just, Zach. Did we know it was going to be an Iona guy? I was I was ready for it. I was preparing myself. Uh, I figured there's got to be other programs out there, but none. none I don't think there are. I don't think there are. (laughs) None, at least none as quality as the Iona game. Check the stats. One of the best players (laughs) in UNA during his time. A lot of teams uh, are going to want a piece of Mike Morrow. I think he's a player that. 
you know, even after his college career ended, he stayed active, uh, you know, playing rugby, playing for clubs, playing for NIAC. And so I was told he had a really good showing in the PR sevens open trials. By his, his parents. <laughs> his parents went there. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. I'm sure he's great. And where, where would you see him lining up? Where, where would you see him ending up? Uh, he can play a little bit of everywhere. Um, fly half, fullback, you play on the wing. He's got the pace, got the size, strength, great passer, great IQ for the game. Uh, above all, I think that's his strongest trait, his IQ. So he's going to be a sought-after player for sure. Excellent. And folks, just full disclosure, Colby is now working as an agent for all ex-Iona rugby players. So anything else, Colby, before we take a quick break and come back with Zach's women's rugby segment? Definitely looking forward to next week's uh game between Dallas and New York, Aaron Gray going up against uh, New York should be, should be very interesting and uh, looking forward to that game. And Aaron Gray, of course, gets the drink up pod bump because he came on with you two on your show. So unfortunately he's going to be up against that New York juggernaut and Ed Fido, the rolling piano on the, on the outside. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more college rugby. This time the women's side with, Colby and Zach. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. That's good beer. And we're back with Mr. Colby Marshall and Mr. Zach Lennox. Zach, you're you're on the you're on the hot seat right now because we have all eyes on you about what's going on in the women's game. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so we're starting to see a bit of a pickup in action here amongst the elite programs uh, in the nation on the women's side. First off, I have to start with Lindenwood University, title holders in both 15s and 7s from last year, which is quite a feat. They're starting their uh, title defense in both you know, both forms of rugby uh, this weekend. They were playing at the Midnight Sevens Tournament in Kansas City. Uh, they'll play. Then they'll also next weekend host the NALA Sevens Tournament. Uh, before they get into a little bit of 15s ahead of the USA uh, 15s National Championships in mid-April. Uh, so they, they are definitely a program to keep an eye on, you know, splitting between the 7s and 15s. It's got to be really tough for a program to dominate in both 15s and 7s, uh, but they have done that so far last year, and there's no signs you know, or indications that they may not be able to do that again this year. Midnight 7s in Kansas City, is that that had to be freezing? I think it's indoors. I believe it's an indoors tournament. Uh, inside of a, a double up inside of a bubble or a dome, uh, but tough to find any information. The website in that the last post was from 2018. So I can't really give you scores or anything, but they, they did enter two sides. I know that for a fact, uh, and it was probably, I believe an indoor tournament. And I, I, I would guess that Iona stars were all over it, right? Colby. Probably running, or they may have held them out just, you know, for the sake of other programs to give them a little bit of a chance to because, compete, you know, maybe have another program in college rugby. All right. What else you got? Yeah. Another uh, team to mention the second place team in both sevens and 15s last year would be life university. 
They've been playing a few more games than Lindenwood so far this season, uh, and they have continued their dominance of the state of Florida this weekend with a huge 85 to nothing win over University of Central Florida. Their JV team also uh, beat Eckert College, who's the D2 champ down in Florida, uh, 19 to nothing. Uh, but what's interesting to me, Matt, this week, looking into some of Life University's scores and such on their website, their schedule does not list the USA National Championships uh, in mid-April, starting April 16th. You'll see other programs like Lindenwood and BYU, who we'll get to in a little bit, you know, have that on their schedule. Life, as we know from our previous segments in the fall, participated in the NCR championships in 15s, uh, you know, really dominating those those competitions, albeit with a younger, less experienced side. Uh, but I'm not sure if this means that there were some repercussions for that decision. You know, between there's differences, obviously, between NCR and the uh, CRAA. So we'll have to keep an eye on whether or not life, the second place team, as I mentioned from last year and always a competitive side, is or is not competing in this year's uh, CRAA USA Rugby 15s National Championships. So we're going to have to keep our eye on life as we know it. Very nice. Yes, we will. But I imagine that life finds a way. That's the way life works. Life can be so unpredictable. We can just keep going on and on with this. The, the whole life is good. Yeah, life is good. Life yeah. is good. <laughs> oh, this is painful. Go ahead. What else you got for us? Yeah, I'm not sure I should continue after that, but we'll we'll go on to uh, BYU, uh, whose women's side continued their strong spring season campaign. Uh, with an 89 to five win over Arizona state. So this past weekend, they went to Arizona and played both Arizona state and Arizona don't have scores for you yet from the Arizona matchup, uh, but did dominate Arizona state. And they have a really full dance card for the rest of the spring heading into those national championships. They have a game pretty much every weekend uh, against some solid opponents. So they're looking to really get a lot of experience under their belt. After, you know, they lost to both Life and Lindenwood in the fall, so they know exactly where they need to get as a program. And I think they're trying to play as much rugby in the meantime as possible. So look look for them to be strong, you know, competitors in that national championship playoffs at the end of April. Anything else, Zach? Just a final note, guys, uh, something I wanted to include last week. We had to take out just some technical difficulties on my end, but uh, we noted that Davenport women's team officially joining Naira or the National Intercollegiate Rugby Association. Uh, which is a huge, you know, huge, significant step forward for both Davenport signaling their intentions to become a varsity program uh, and for Naira in their hashtag sprint to 40, which is their quest to, you know, uh, accrue 40 women's programs from around the country that are, you know, willing to become varsity NCAA sanctioned sports to show the NCAA that women's rugby has the numbers to go from an emerging sport, which they are currently, uh, to a full-fledged NCAA varsity sport. So is this number 29 or number 30? I believe this is number 28, Matt, with the uh, Davenport. And then Princeton women's side will be joining in the fall. Uh, So that'll be 28 teams, which is they're close to their goal of 40. Um, And Davenport, they're getting a very quality side in Davenport. Had a strong fall season, uh, and they'll be joining their D2 bracket. All right, fellas, I I think we're at that point for final thoughts. Uh, Colby? Yeah, looking forward to the matches that are to come in the MLR and prayers up to uh, Mike Moore. I'm hoping that he gets elected for the PR7's uh, PR7's league. What a teammate. What a good, what an Iona ambassador for Iona, Colby Marshall. Zach? Yeah, Colby's hyping everybody else up, but look at him. He's got the scrum cap, the jersey. He looks like he is in perfect 
physical condition. He's ready to get out there for the PR sevens himself. I think there should be teams making calls to Colby, uh, you know, step back out of the broadcast booth and back onto the pitch. He seems ready to go. And how about one William Burke, Will Burke starting for the ATL rugby ATL Rattlers at prop. He's not hiding on the wing like you Iona guys do. He's right front and center in the front row. Will Burke, University at Buffalo. How you doing? Go Tubas. On that note, fellas, we are out of time. I want to thank Mr. Zach Lanning, Mr. Colby Marshall, Mr. Josh Recio, and thank you for tuning in. Please sign up for our weekly newsletter. Please press that subscribe button on your YouTube channel. And... Check out our other segments, including The Rugby Odds with John Bradshaw, Layfield, Gift A. Bailu, and Nate Osborne, and our Major League Rugby Highlights preview show. And please, please, please sign up for our Rugby Wrap-Up American Red Cross Blood Donor Team.